Welcome to the KBB Review podcast. My name, as always, is Andy Davis. And today, while you may be anticipating a normal episode, I promise that we're going to totally exceed your expectations and deliver something beyond your imagination. Well, sort of. That's our topic for today. We'll be talking about how kitchen and bathroom designers go beyond the client's brief and really stretch both their own design skills, but also the expectations of the person who's going to use that room every day. It's all about that part of the designer's skill that is managing the client, pushing their ideas beyond what they could have imagined, but also convincing them that it's a practical idea they can live with every day. This is where design skills meet people skills, and it's an absolutely fascinating area to explore. It was actually a theme that came out of this year's KBB Review Retail and Design Awards judging sessions, where judges repeatedly found themselves praising entries that had done this stretching of the client's expectations. So who better to talk about it than two of our Design Award winners for 2023? We have Kia Stanford from Kia Designs in London and Kate Lusty from Elementi Kachina in Cardiff. And they'll be talking to KBB Review editor Rebecca Nottingham. But first... If you have any job vacancies at the moment, then you want to make sure the most relevant and qualified people see them. So why not post it on our dedicated jobs page on kbbreview.com? It's just 75 quid for 30 days on the KBB Industries' leading news, analysis, opinion and interview site. So go to kbbreview.com forward slash jobs for all the details. Plus, of course, you could also go there if you're job hunting, obviously, to see all the latest posts. That's kbbreview.com forward slash jobs. That's enough of that. Over to you, Rebecca Nottingham. As promised, let's talk about pushing clients beyond their original brief, how to get them to think more creatively and stretch their boundaries with two very experienced designers. In fact, they're both fresh from winning awards at at the recent KBB Review Retail and Design Awards. First up, we have Kia Stanford, the owner of Kia Designs in London. Welcome to the pod, Kia. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here. And next up, we've got Katie Lusty, designer at Elementi Kachina in Cardiff. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Becky. Welcome to you both. Thanks ever so much. So I think it's always good to start on these things. Tell us a bit of background about your careers in design. So Kia, over to you first. So I run a residential interior design studio. We work on projects mostly in London and the southeast, and we work with uh, repeat clients on their international homes. We tend to take projects on through refurbishments and full-scale redesigns. Um, so our projects tend to be quite lengthy and also quite bespoke in nature for us we've been now running for 15 years and so we have a really wonderful and very dedicated client base which has been beautiful to then be able to push them beyond their boundaries as we as we sort of work through many projects and different design capabilities Katie, what about you? Tell us a bit about your career in the industry. So I've been in the industry now for far too long. <laughs> I think nobody nobody wakes up and decides that they're going to be a kitchen designer. So my background was um, interior architecture. And I sort of gradually worked my way through quite a few different kitchen companies and eventually set up Elementi seven years ago now. We mainly deal with architects and developers and also interior designers like Kia. So we... I'm very fortunate that we are surrounded. A lot of our client base are very, very creative. So they not only expect us to push the boundaries, but they they actively encourage it. So it's great. 
Brilliant. All right. Well, you've already kind of started to kick the conversation off. Obviously, over the years, you you both will have designed hundreds of dream kitchens and bathrooms for clients. And obviously today, although you both have a lot of involvement with interior designers and developers who perhaps do already have quite a strong knowledge of design themselves, what we're kind of focusing on is those consumers, those clients that are new to it effectively every time. So Kia, can we kick off with you perhaps? Do you have a standard step-by-step plan or approach to the design? How do you kick off that customer journey? I think a lot of the time is always about being able to find out their general understanding. So for example, if we're looking at a kitchen design, we take them through a client questionnaire that means that we end up working out what their kind of base knowledge of kitchen design and of everything that's available to them. Because a lot of the time for our clients, it's mainly about being able to understand that knowledge because it's not necessarily about whether they want it or not. Sometimes they just actually don't know that it even exists. Um, so for us, being able to set that up and being able to understand with our questionnaire and then looking at what mm-hmm. this understanding is, that really helps us at the initial start. Um, start of things also getting those inspiration images because a lot of the time people pick things a lot more with their heart than with their head especially when it comes to the at least the initial designs and so that's always nicely placed for then us to be able to not just be able to um, meet their expectations but to actually exceed them it's not even necessarily at that point pushing them past their brief they didn't even know that they had set those limitations just because they only see what they can kind of see as they go out and about in the world if they've obviously seen client projects before and they you know know a friend or a relative who we've worked with then they might have a little bit more knowledge but they're you know they're really coming to us to be those experts to sort of say like oh well there's this new product out or oh yes of course we can do it this way around so they can kind of understand exactly what they could have what about you katie do you have a similar approach yeah, because it's all about asking questions and listening and listening to what the client actually wants and how they want the space to function. I think once you've you've listened to to the brief, you know, you've taken up that all on board, then you can start working on pushing other things. And we often use Pinterest and we go to the clients and say, right, have you got a Pinterest board? Sometimes it's easier to visually pick from their head. You you sort of get inside their thoughts, really, from a visual. And then we can start looking at how we can push, push it further. Today's consumer is open to so much more information than, than they were years ago. They, they start their journeys online, don't they? Katie just mentioned Pinterest, etc. I'd be interested to know how many of your consumer clients today still need that push because I thought they were all becoming a lot more design savvy and informed and, and I thought they were already quite adventurous. We're very lucky because a lot of our client base come to us because we do things a little bit differently and we try to always be a little bit different we're very lucky in in terms of the fact that as a kitchen studio we're not tied to a certain manufacturer so we can really tailor what we're doing for our clients so I think they they've seen what we can do and they tend to sort of we've had a lot of clients go Kate just do your thing and they kind of let us run with it we do have the old client that they don't know what they want. And like Kia says, as we're the experts in our field, we need to enrich the information that we give them. So it's really important that we know our products. We know what's out there in terms of material use and how far we can push the boundaries 
what can we do with stone? What can we do with concrete? What can we do with all of these beautiful veneers? And it's how we can then push. So I think a lot of it is down to our knowledge as well. Yeah. Um, what about you, Kia? What would you say to that? Yeah, a lot of the time, the main thing for us is it is function being the basis of, especially with a good kitchen design, it is being able to find everything extremely easily. For us, we're always sort of saying, especially if we've got clients who have either large extended families or are going to be having people come and sort of stay, kitchen should be quite intuitive. You should know that if you're making a cup of tea that it shouldn't be 15 steps to be able to find everything you know you shouldn't be having to go one you know one end of the um kitchen for mugs the other end for a teaspoon you know it it should be very very um on hand for them and so with that basis of being able to make sure that the function is really there for them um it allows them to then be a little bit more relaxed because they actually know that it's going to be a joy to be able to use the kitchen. And then it's just about being able to add that extra veneer almost over it of something that actually is then really stunningly beautiful and brings Mm -hmm. in those aesthetics that they're looking for. And so for us, that basis of that knowledge and that expertise of how we can make those things happen together is really, really great. And there are so many more things that even coming out that are just, you know, you kind of look and it's quite a small, you know, initial element to things, but we've had, you know, people wanting really really wanting saying a, a teppanyaki pan for a kitchen and seeing that now mainly are doing it as an extra add-on for any of their new induction pieces so it's not something that even needs to be there all of the time it kind of takes away some of some of the worry that might be there when you're putting such a large investment into this side of things so for us that that's been really exciting and really interesting sort of constantly staying on top of it but clients they often will have very specific things for how they live and it's just being able to then surpass what that initial idea was yeah it'd just be interesting to know as well in in your experience clients that do come in with an idea in their head is it more people on the kitchen side who come in expecting a certain look or is it on more on the bathroom side or is it just a general for us it definitely tends to almost always be kitchens they have seen a particular type of kitchen for a little while it was most definitely the Bora induction pieces with the venting in them that people were very very drawn to they'd seen them in a lot of uh, luxury developments here in London they really then wanted that in their own home because they you know had kind of seen it whereas with bathrooms I still feel that clients is often taken aback when there does tend to be any innovation with the initial specification pieces and that's where that's where a really innovative design um, really does shine in there because they are expecting it to function well but actually it tends to be the kitchen that clients will be a lot more specific certainly haven't had any clients coming in sort of saying like they want a good pressure for a bathroom shower yeah sort of saying like hey I definitely wanted this particular (laughs) brass finishing for this kind of valve unit on the the back piece that doesn't tend to be quite at the moment where where that type of element it will be more with their the look that they're they're after is it a case of if you had a pound for every client who asked you for a rain shower you'd be a millionaire by now (laughs) our one is definitely which is one something that we often incorporate (laughs) anyway but it is often being able to put in a hot water tap which pretty much is is standard for most of our kitchens now um, yeah, some we're standard with the now as well. You know, they they go into pretty much every every kitchen that we do. 
It's an essential item, I think. Yeah, so Katie, obviously just going back to what Kira and I were just discussing there, is that your experience that clients do tend to have a very, very specific look in mind? It's the form versus function debate, isn't it? They've got the functional needs that they want to put into the kitchen. So people will come and say, right, I, I, you know, I really want a steam oven or uh, like Kia said, I want the teppanyaki. So they'll have a kind of list of what they need. And then it's sitting down with them and understanding how they want to use the space. How, how does their family live? Because no two families live the same. We've all got the same requirement of eating and, and cooking and, and whatever. But families tend to have different timescales. And then it's making the form of the, the space beautiful. We look at a kitchen as a sculptural piece and it's what can we do with this? to make it look different. I want our clients to walk into our kitchens and go, wow, I want them to absolutely adore it. And and that's what we strive for. So we try, like I said, with the use of materials to be a little bit different and to explore other options with them. I, I think I know the answer to this, but why is it so important to encourage clients then to think more creatively and push the boundaries and get them out of their comfort zone is it to benefit them or is it more from a pleasing design perspective as you know as a designer you feel more fulfilled Kia over to you on that one it definitely is one of those things it's just like if a client is looking for what we used to see 15 years ago and have taken so many of these kitchens out of just white cabinets and a you know a dark countertop if that's what you're looking for that's not something that I think Katie or myself are going to be particularly um, producing (laughs) for you we are very much here to be able to create something that is the space that most people spend a huge amount of their time it is more of an entertainment space now than it ever was even when we're putting in or almost especially when we're also putting in any staff kitchens as well that mean that it can be you know when they're looking to cater for more people that they do actually have a separate kitchen for that we're definitely looking at something here that is a beautiful space to be able to entertain and enjoy and it is a large investment and so you want to make sure that it is going to also flow with the rest of the house I often say to clients that, you know, if you're going shopping for a, for a new outfit, you're going to a friend's wedding and you really want to make sure that you've got this beautiful outfit, you might go into one shop and you'll buy a pair of shoes and those shoes are absolutely beautiful and they work really, really well. Next day you go somewhere and you buy a lovely dress. Neither of those two sales assistants for example there might have misled you in what you were purchasing they will work very well to make sure that you're going to get the dress or the shoes that really work but do they actually work together and a lot of the time it's us being able to actually curate an outfit for the house that actually works as you flow through so it's not just necessarily that you walk in and it's just like oh the kitchen it also works very well to make sure that it it flows with all of the rest of those spaces so using really interesting materials and using really different lighting like we would in a dining room like we would in a lounge is extremely important and so many of what we might have previously considered very dainty materials and very ornate pieces are perfectly suitable for a kitchen now and really should be used in that way because it isn't just the kitchen it is so much more than that now for almost every single family we work work for so it's really important to make sure that it is a fully finished article and that it works really really well with the rest of the house 
I love your description of it being an outfit for the house. I just think that's 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 lovely. I mean, just out of interest, I'm yet to sort of sit in on a designer client first meeting, if you like. So these conversations, do you have a time limit on these conversations? Because there's a lot of information that you need to draw out. Plus, you're obviously dealing with couples, single people. Sometimes there might be four people involved in the design, you know, with if you've got older children. So is there a time frame on these conversations or is it a, a just an ongoing thing? Katie? We take our time with all of our clients. <laughs> There's been a few occasions where I've, I've had to almost act as referee between husband and wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm sure you've had that as well, Kia. You know, quite often, you, you know, you'll get a husband and wife in, in a room and, and their, their wants and needs are totally different. So it's about, again, listening and negotiating and, and working out what the client wants. Kia was mentioning, you know, making sure you've got the consistency and the flow throughout the house. You know, we work very closely with our interior design clients and we work as a team for the end user to make sure that you can have that flow. So it is, it's it's about creating a good team around you. It's listening. I think listening is the main thing. And what about you, Kia? Is there a similar thought process when it comes to these conversations? Is it just there isn't a time limit on it? It's just an ongoing conversation? What we found quite useful is often different people have very different focuses and it's being able to work out if you do have a couple who are coming in and who do have a very different focus, whether it be that aesthetic focus is more what they bring to the conversation and somebody else is more interested in just like they couldn't care what colour it is, they're colourblind or they don't really care about those kind of things but what they do want is to know that it's all going to work well we actually separate out the meetings so we do have a meeting that is a technical meeting okay. to make sure that then that is all in place and then we do have meetings that are more based on the aesthetics of it because you'll find that a lot of the time it's a lot of cross conversation isn't about the same thing they do mm. obviously impact each other but once you've got people all on the same level of saying like okay well I don't want an, a low down oven. Okay, well, I actually do want, you know, this particular um, French brand of range. It's just like, okay, well, we're talking about very different things here. Obviously, there's an aesthetic detail to that. But the main thing is often that if the function is then just like, okay, well, you tend to cook these things. And if we put a separate oven in, that is say a steam oven, and it's in this pantry area that can be then nicely hidden away, because maybe we use it three or four times a year to be able to do those big meals that tend to be your showcase feature piece for the family okay, let's make sure that that is then thought of because a lot of those things will come down to a functional disagreement that can actually then inform the aesthetic choices that we make. So that's always a really nice way of being able to do it. And it does mean that everyone feels, as you said, a big part of it is listening. And as long as everyone does feel listened to and they have had their time to be able to go through and say like, okay, but I definitely do need to make sure that I've got gas in here. And, you know, somebody else is just like, I couldn't think of anything worse than having a gas. Okay domino it is for everything that we're going yeah. to have here. we're going to mix and match that we're going to have two gas hobs that are going to sit here and we're also going to put a teppanyaki plate in and we're going to put an induction piece in but we're going to put them either in the same sort of place or we're going to separate it out but there always is a way of being able to move that conversation and so for us separating out those two meetings and then bringing them back together when the whole design is considered as a whole has been a really good way and it's a nice way for everyone to feel listened to. It's really good to have these kind of conversations because it's quite clear that although designer is perhaps the job title you've obviously got a lot of other 
skills you know you're a listener you're a referee in some cases clearly you're a marriage counsellor <laughs> perhaps there's a hell of a lot more that goes into these wonderful award-winning dream kitchens and bathrooms isn't there you know to get to that finished article it takes a lot of thought a lot of talking a lot of discussion it's reassuring the clients as well. I mean, like here, there's it's a huge, huge investment buying a kitchen. It's probably the biggest piece of furniture you're going to buy for the house. So it's reassuring the clients and making sure that, you know, you built up the trust and relationship with them. And like I said, the only way you can do that is, is by listening. So any any other tips and advice for sort of effectively managing these conversations, Kia? I would probably say play to your strengths. If there is, um, if it is just you yourself doing it then create the kitchen that you really want if there are a lot more voices that need to be heard in that process do make sure that people are doing what they are best at you know if somebody is very good at being able to visualize it then maybe they should be the people the person who is more leaning towards being able to make those choices on worktops, on handles. If people do have sensory needs that do affect things that they don't like, really bright lighting, making sure that then they get heard in that point. Because if it's something that isn't very important to one person and is really important to the other, it can't be something that's just squirreled away. It has to be something that does sort of come to the forefront. So be very honest and open about who's going to be using the kitchen, when they're going to be using the kitchen and who's best place to be able to then make that decision. Because if you play to those strengths, you'll have absolutely no problems as you go forward to make sure that everyone gets what they need in that space. Same to you, Kate. Tips and advice for other designers having these kind of conversations. I would say, you know, know your products, know what's on the market, research into the sort of new innovations, keep your suppliers close, form good relationships with them and use the skills of other creative people around you. You know, you can really push push your own boundaries by listening to other designers and, and asking questions with other designers that, you know, how did you do that or how did you find this? Explore lots of different options. Just one more design-related question. As, as a designer, is it more fulfilling to have a customer come in and ask for a kitchen that they want to be pushed you know, out of their comfort zone, say, or is it actually better and easier for you to work with other interior designers and developers or consumers who are more savvy in terms of designing? You know, What's the dream client for a designer? I love it when a client doesn't know what they want because then you can really explore all of the options with them I like it when our clients get really excited about something. So so for me, an excitable client is is fantastic because it just makes it fun. That's what Elementi is all about, is, is enjoyment and fun and, and just um, enjoying what we do. So if we can bring a client along for that fun ride as well um, and they enjoy the process with us, then we've done our job right. Love it. And this, what about you, Kia? I love an educated client. I love somebody who has at least that kind of almost nerdy knowledge on one particular thing. You know, they've looked into everything and, and it's not normally everything in the kitchen. They're not looking at that, but they, you know, have looked and have decided that they didn't necessarily want a particular type of tap that does hot water because they do particular types of tea that can only take 70 degree water. And so they really, really want this particular tap because that's what they need for their life. 
And it often is that kind of really, really nuanced, really specific kind of detail that means that when you're able to really show somebody who has so much knowledge in, in one particular area, and it's not like so many of our clients are so knowledgeable in their, their work life that they do tend to bring that into the design of the projects that we do, does mean that when you are even able to elevate that further is just so exciting because they already know what was out there and if you can then blow them away even further to be like hey actually did you you know there's this what we can do it's super gratifying to have somebody then go like hey oh okay we've gone a little bit further even from then okay yes i can see what you can do now that's that's lovely every day's a school day yeah i can see it from both perspectives actually and it's interesting that you've both got a different type of favorite client but probably the most important question of the day and something we're asking everybody on this series of the kbb review podcast is what is your baked potato filling of choice kia you first (laughs) get it out the way It's got to be a classic. It's butter and cheese. So long as the baked potato has been covered in oil before and properly salted, because then you can eat absolutely everything, including skin, and it is glorious. Oh, that is. There's some serious thought gone into that. And is it cheese first, butter first, or is it butter first? Or yeah, definitely. Katie, what about you on the baked potato? So salted Welsh butter and homemade coleslaw. Oh, nice. Would you not put cheese with coleslaw? No. No. Oh. That's cruel. Is it? That's my favourite. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Look, guys, it's been it's been a really interesting chat about obviously a very fundamental aspect of designing kitchens and bathrooms. And it's it's obviously been great to get such an insight from two extremely talented designers. So thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Becky. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. That was Keir Stanford and Kate Lusty talking to KBB Review editor Rebecca Nottingham. I always find it interesting to hear how designers manage their clients. I think it's really one-dimensional to put great-looking rooms up on Instagram or whatever, but the devil's in the detail of how that whole project came about and how the designer got the client on board with their ideas. Great stuff. Don't forget that you can get your KBB job vacancies in front of a dedicated KBB audience at kbbreview.com forward slash jobs. It's just 75 quid for 30 days. And of course, you can also browse all the current jobs there if you're job hunting. That's kbbreview.com forward slash jobs. See you next week.